0: Before we get into it, I just want to share a bit of news this morning. Just from the, right off from this morning, we had our first of the men's prayer meetings, which went really well. I was staggered by the number. Thank you, chaps, dudes. Thank you for turning up. It was a brilliant time. Um, And to be honest, a lot of what we prayed for, I really sensed again this morning. Um, So it's wonderful. So if you weren't able to make it this week, do come next Sunday. We're meeting at 7 a.m. here. I know a lot of you take a sharp intake of breath when you say seven, but seven a.m., mate, too, too early. So I've been meeting from seven to eight every Sunday morning, leading up to Easter. Do come, if you're a man. Obviously, if you're a lady, you can put on a fake beard or whatever and try and get in the back door. That's fine. Um, and just some other church news from Tuesday. Matt reported to me during the week that someone became a Christian at Tuesday at Alpha. Yeah? How good is that? Our Lord Jesus is still the king, and is still ruling and reigning. Amen? So, everything we've sung about, I'm pointing at the microphone here, because people were coming to bring contributions, and how Matt and the band wonderfully led us in worship, to Jesus, he's still changing lives, transforming lives. It's excellent. So, my prayer, as I'm sure is yours, throughout Alpha, we see more and more people become Christians. Amen? Okay, sorry, I didn't introduce myself. For those that don't know me, my name is San. I'm uh, one of the pastoral leaders here of the church, and it's a privilege to be preaching this morning. Over the past few weeks, we've been going through a a preaching series tracking this man called Barnabas, who the Bible, actually the apostles rename him Barnabas from Joseph, meaning son of encouragement. That's a great name, isn't it? I'd love to be known as that. San, son of encouragement. Would you like to be known as that? That's what Barnabas was called. We've been looking at principles of his character and his nature uh, to see what we can learn from and apply to our lives. We've learnt loads so far, a lot to take in. Today, we're going to look at another principle, another part of his nature that my prayer is that we apply to our lives and walk more and more in. And this, this, this principle, if you like, is boldness. Hopefully, you've got an insert In your update, we're going to look at Barnabas, the bold man. And we're going to look at uh, boldness in the context, really, of being on a missionary journey. Barnabas, with his pal Paul and John Mark, for most of it, went on a journey. They went on a missionary journey to take this good news of Jesus throughout the world, throughout their area. So, before we get into this, I want to give you just a little bit of background, just a whistle-stop tour. Because I find it, I found it interesting, looking at a map, uh, what, 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 what it meant to go on this journey. Barnabas, right, he goes to a place called Tarsus to look for Paul, to get Paul. From Tarsus, they kind of go south-ish to a place called Antioch. And they stayed there for a year teaching the church. They're there for a year, teaching, teaching, teaching. And it says in the Bible that this was the first church where followers of Jesus were named Christians. That's where we get the name, okay? From Antioch, they go south again to a place called Seleucia. And from there, they sail across to an island called Cyprus. They travel around this island, Cyprus, to Paphos. And from Paphos, I think it's Perga. They go up north to a place called Perga in Pamphylia. Now, sorry if some of you are just thinking you're just waffling on a load of weird names at me here. I found it interesting. Because what it showed me is they went from region to place to region to state to region, all over the place. But they did what looked like a tour. From Pamphylia, they continue north to a place called Pisidian Antioch, a different Antioch, different region. And from there, they go across land, and they end up at a place called Iconium, right in the heart of Galatia, which is Gentile territory, really. From there, they face massive resistance, and they almost get stoned. Anyone faced almost getting stoned? Not many. Not many. No one, in fact. So they travel on from there, wisely, to Lystra, and a place called Derby, and they finally end up back at the first Antioch in Syria. So, do you see what they've done? They've done almost like a missionary tour, a loop, and they've ended back where they started. Today, we picked up the story, the journey, from Pisidian Antioch, here, across to Iconium. They're going on a journey, okay, so that's where we're going to look at them. Now, I've messed around with the AV people a little bit this morning, because we were going to have a short bit of scripture that I was going to read from, but it's actually now longer, okay? So there's only a few verses, but it's now most of a chapter. So do stay with me. If you have your Bibles, can you please turn to the book of Acts? and chapter 13. If you don't have your Bible, maybe someone next to you will let you read over their shoulder. What we're going to be reading from is Acts 13, and I'm going to pick up the story from verse 42. Acts 13, 42. So remember... Paul and Barnabas are now in a place called Pisidian Antioch. They go and find a a synagogue where the Jews are, and they want to proclaim Jesus. They go with the intention of just going to a synagogue to begin with, and after the synagogue rulers and leaders say, hey brothers, maybe you've got some words of encouragement you'd like to share with us. They do. They do share some words of encouragement, but it's not quite like what they wanted to hear. I'm going to pick up the story partway through, but we're going to be bouncing back to it as we pick up my points. 42. As Paul and Barnabas were leaving the synagogue after preaching about Jesus, the people invited them to speak further about these things. On the next Sabbath, when the congregation was dismissed, many of the Jews and devout converts to Judaism followed Paul and Barnabas, who talked with them and urged them to continue in the grace of God. On the next Sabbath, almost the whole city had gathered to hear the word of the Lord. Imagine that here. The whole town. When the Jews saw the crowds, when the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy. And they talked abusively against what Paul was saying. First step of boldness. Listen to this. Then Paul and Barnabas answered them boldly. We had to speak the word of God to you first. But since you reject it and do not consider yourselves worthy of eternal life... We now turn to the Gentiles. For this is what the Lord has commanded us I have made you a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. When the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and honored the word of the Lord. And all who were appointed to eternal life believed. So all who were chosen by God believed. The word of the Lord spread through the whole region, but the Jews incited The God-fearing women of high standing and the leading men of the city, they stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them from their region. Look at their response after being expelled. So they shook the dust from their feet in protest against them and went to Iconium. So long then. But before they did that, they were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. At Iconium, Paul and Barnabas went as usual into the Jewish synagogue. There they spoke so effectively that a great number of Jews and Gentiles believed. But the Jews who refused to believe stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brothers. So Paul and Barnabas spent considerable time there speaking boldly for the Lord, who confirmed... This is the result of them speaking boldly for the Lord. It's amazing. They speak boldly for the Lord. What does the Lord do? He confirms his message of his grace, by enabling them to do miraculous signs and wonders. Interesting, isn't it? The people of the city were divided. Some sided with the Jews, others with the apostles. Now there was a plot afoot among the Gentiles and the Jews, these that were divided, together with their leaders, to mistreat and stone them. But they found out about it, and they fled to uh, Laconia, cities of Lystra and to Derby and to the surrounding country where they continued to preach the good news. Let me pray. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that you would teach us this morning. I pray give me great boldness as we look to Barnabas for boldness. You were the one that inspired Barnabas. I I pray you'd inspire me. I pray you'd inspire my brothers and sisters here. I pray you'd inspire those here that don't know you. But we look to you for great boldness today. Holy Spirit, come and take my words and make them your own. Would you penetrate into lives today? Teach us by your word. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. To go on a journey like this, in my opinion, needs boldness. Just two of them taken off. They took John Mark, but he left them. To preach Jesus in the places that they did takes boldness. And to face hostility as they faced it, they needed to move and stay bold. What gave Barnabas such bravery? Well, really, it's all, this is the central theme of this morning, okay? He was brave because he was confident in the gospel. I know for many of you, Mike, what, what does that mean? He was confident in the saving power of Jesus. He was confident of Jesus being his saviour. He was confident that Jesus was the only way to God. He was confident that Jesus was his promised Messiah for the Jews. This one promised to come and sit on David's throne. The good king. This was the better king. He was confident that the gospel had changed his life. And he was confident that it would change the lives of everyone that heard it. That's the gospel. The gospel message is that God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son, as we've heard throughout the morning, that would die for sinners like us, to change us, to give us eternal life, fresh start, eternity with him, forgiving all our sins. We're going to get to that. So Barnabas was rooted in the gospel, he understood the power of God, and he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay? That's the central thing. What I'm going to do is, hopefully my points are going to complement what I've just said. Three points that are going to hook onto this central theme. Let's make a start. Point one, hopefully you've got in your notes, it says having gospel guts. Forgive me if you find that flippant. What I mean by that is having gospel bravery. Having gospel courage. But I named it having gospel guts. Let's pick up what's going on. Paul and Barnabas are in a Jewish synagogue in Pisidian Antioch, right? They've been asked by the synagogue rulers, hey brothers, maybe you've got something you'd like to share. So they do. Paul gives them both barrels of Jesus, which fights against their religious law, which fights against, they're following the law of Moses, right? This is what he, he tells them, just very briefly. So he's been asked to, come on, anything encouraging? yes. He gives them the history history of salvation, right, from their escape from Egypt. So he goes through their their history, the Jewish history. And then he would get to this. Brothers, children of Abraham, and you God-fearing Gentiles, it is to us that this message of salvation has been sent. The people of Jerusalem and their rulers did not recognize Jesus. Yet, in condemning him, they fulfilled the words of the prophets that we read Every Sabbath. Though they found no proper ground for a death sentence, they asked Pilate to have him executed. When they carried him out, when they carried out all that was written about him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a tomb. But God raised him. But God raised him from the dead. And for many days he was seen. He was seen for many days. So he's evidence in this. He was seen for many days by those that were with him. They are now his witnesses to our people. We tell you the good news. What God promised our fathers, our Jewish fathers, our Jewish history, our heritage, what God promised us in the past, he has fulfilled to us, their children, by raising up Jesus. Then he goes on. Therefore, my brothers, I want you to know that through Jesus, this is the key here, that through Jesus, not law, he's now standing very opposed to them, that through Jesus, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Through him, everyone who believes, everyone, that's right, you Frank, everyone who believes, Peter, Gary, Rob, John, everyone who believes in the name of Jesus is justified from everything that you could not be justified from, from the old law, basically, from the law of Moses. Quite bold stuff, isn't it? So we see Barnabas involved, boldly, in urging, persuading them to follow the grace of God, which has just been wonderfully set out by Paul. It was Paul that seemed to get up and detail this gospel message out. He says it's Jesus. It's all about him, him crucified, him... Taken down from the tree, him buried. So he's evidence in this. People seen him buried, but then people have seen him risen. Then he's risen from the dead. Buried yet risen. Dead yet alive. This is the message. This is the fullest message that causes so many people to stumble. Dead, now alive. Justification and the forgiveness of sins is now possible through faith in Christ. This is a message that caused such pain to them, to their ears. It offended them. Greater than the law of Moses, how can that be? This was something fresh, something new, something real, authentic freedom. Freedom from the law. The law was always there just to point to Jesus, just point to him. Can you? The message is foolishness to religion now it 's a powerful message then, and it 's a very, very powerful message today romans Paul writes in Romans this Romans one hundred and sixteen I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. They're off go the, first for the Jew, now for the Gentiles, for us. It's the power of God for all who believe. These guys were not ashamed of it. Barnabas boldly, boldly stuck up for the gospel, talking about Jesus. He knew he was a man called by God, set apart by God, commissioned by God, filled by God's Holy Spirit to go and take God's message to the ends of the earth. He knew it. Matthew 28, the Great Commission. Jesus says, Therefore, As he's risen from the dead, he goes to be with his disciples. He says, therefore, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Now go. Go and make disciples. Go and make followers of me. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them everything I've commanded you. And he goes on, surely I'll be with you to the very end of the age. Barnabas is carrying this great commission. That's him. That's him. He's carrying this great commission. Go. So I want to ask you a question. Do you carry it? Do I carry it? I'm asking myself the same question. Does the gospel compel you? Does Jesus' command compel you? Not our command, not your small group leader's command. This is not a caveat of King's Church. This is Jesus, our conquering king. Be bold. Does the gospel compel you? Remember what he did for you. Now, for some, it doesn't mean it's going to be the most... Not everyone's going to be the most amazing communicator and and amazing asset. We're all very different, aren't we? For some, it comes very naturally. I find that really annoying when some people... My friend Anthony, not to embarrass him, is he out. He's out, I can embarrass him. His apologetics, if you like, or his description, or his answers to the gospel... Flawless. He leaves me speechless a lot of the times. The way he describes things is amazing. I kind of goof my way through a lot of it, but I don't think people really want something polished. Now, I'm not trying to rubbish Ant either. Where are you? Um, People don't necessarily want something just absolutely polished and performed. Now, Ant's not that either. They want something real, don't they? They want to know, Richard, you're a Christian. How's it changed your life? They want to see it. People need basic information, don't get me wrong, to understand what it means to be saved. We need to communicate the basic non-negotiables of the gospel, hopefully getting Jesus in there. But ultimately, it's a work of the Spirit that takes hold of your words and makes them alive. So it's Spirit-filled, Spirit-empowered. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of it. Because it's the power of God unto salvation. People are looking for life, something authentic, something real. I know for me, my friends think I'm a wacko. They still think I'm a wacko. But they know that there's something credible about me. Eight nine years on, I keep saying eight years on, every year it's eight years I've been a Christian. Nine years been a Christian. And now my friends know there's something credible about it. Because I've changed. I'm married. Got a job got a wife, a house, children. I'm different. Jesus has done this for me. 1 Corinthians, Paul writes, I came to you in weakness and fear, and with much trembling, my message, my preaching, were not with wise and persuasive words, no, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith, so that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. You get what I'm saying? I love wise and persuasive words, don't get me wrong, but it's not all about that. It's by the demonstration of the Spirit's power, alive, at work, within you. Within you. Empowered, Spirit-filled, Spirit-seasoned, not religious jargon. Oh boy, it's not about that. Colossians says, let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. I love that. Let your conversations be seasoned with grace, seasoned, seasoned, seasoned. For Barnabas and Paul, they were bold in the opportunities that came before them. They, 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 they made themselves familiar with knowing how to answer everyone. So, I've got a few questions on the back of this. This one point: Are you bold with the gospel? When's the last time you shared the gospel, shared Jesus with someone? Maybe your story. Maybe your personal story. And would you know how to communicate the gospel? Would you know what to say? Personally for me, very simple questions I know guys, but are they provoking? I hope they are. Because just a, a statement like, when's the last time you preached the gospel? Hey, as I'm asking you, it is ripping me to the core. I had the opportunity recently, one of my friends sadly was killed a few months ago, and it's, it's ripped into our friendship group, it's, it's caused great pain for us, and um, they've asked me, so, tell me, where do you think Joe is now? Boy, that puts you on the spot. A few years ago, I would have been very dogmatic, black and white, but I remember verses like, let your conversations be seasoned with salt, full of grace, I said, I just believe in a God of love. I leave it to him. God's merciful and good. And I was able to share my story, my testimony. And as you, Dave and Claire, sitting on the front row, I was about ten feet away from them. And they hung on my every word. These are tough cookies, my friends. And I could tell they'd never heard the gospel before. Never. They knew religion, as a lot of people think they know religion. But they'd never heard the gospel. They'd never heard it. And it took boldness on my part. I'm not trying to credit myself here, but afterwards I was so encouraged. My friend was stinking drunk as I left his flat. And do you know what he said to me? When everyone else had gone, he said, "What you said to me really made sense. I might come up to your building one day." So we left it, and I catch up with them every so often. But for me, these are provoking. Friends, family, people I bump into, people we bump into, look for opportunities. Just to share little bits of your story. Be bold. As Barnabas was bold, he stood before Jewish rulers. Point two, quickly, facing gospel hostility. On the back of this boldness, Barnabas and Paul faced massive resistance. Acts 13.45 says, When the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy and talked abusively against what Paul was saying. So what's Paul and Barnabas' reaction? They stand. Acts 13, 46, 47, then Paul and Barnabas, doesn't say stand, but you presume they do, answered them boldly. We had to speak the word of God to you first, since you reject it, and do not consider yourselves worthy of eternal life. We now turn to the Gentiles, for this is what the Lord has commanded us. What a bold statement. Straight on the back of this verse, look at what happens. Verse 48 and 49, a load of Gentiles, a load of Gentiles, overhear what's being preached, and people get saved. Amazing. Not only that, but the message of Jesus spreads through the whole region, it says. Incredible. But again, hostility comes. So under this point, hostility. But the Jews incited the God-fearing women uh, of high standing, and the leading men of the city, they stirred up persecution. They stirred it up. What would that look like? What would that look like today? Persecution being stirred up. Faced it, have you? So they stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas, and they expelled them from their region. So again, Paul and Barnabas's reaction. They shook the dust from their feet, and they moved on to Iconium. They knew when it was right to move on, and it says, "And the disciples were filled with joy, and with the Holy Spirit." So, through great resistance, great opposition, great pain, great turmoil, they were filled with joy, and with the Holy Spirit. Just want to quickly ask you a question: Is joy in your heart? Provokes me as well, because if we're man-centered, if my if my joy comes from Matt. How he thinks of me, I know he's my friend, so he thinks well of me. But if my joy comes from that alone, I'm on rocky ground. If my joy comes from Paul telling me uh, how lovely, I was going to say my face looks, I don't mean that, How, how lovely I am, whatever, right? My joy is not found in that, it's on rocky ground. Whatever our ministry role is, our joy should not be found in that. Paul found his joy in the gospel because of salvation. Filled with joy, filled with the Holy Spirit. I think this I think this takes real boldness. It really does, doesn't it? Boldness to find joy. We've got to dig down and get joy. Joy doesn't you don't just pray, Lord, make me joyful, and you're joyful. If anything, if I pray, Lord, joy. I face things that causes me great pain that day. Now I'm not I'm not going down superstition road. But often, there's an opportunity that we've got to dig down and say, no, I will praise the Lord. I will extol the Lord at all times, like David says. And it's about to get tougher for them still. They arrive at Iconium, and as usual, they hit the synagogue, Okay, and this is what they soon face. But the Jews who refused to believe at the synagogue, stirred up the Gentiles, poisoned their minds against Paul and Barnabas. Poison their minds. The people of the city were divided. Some sided with the Jews. Others with the apostles. There was a plot of foot among the Gentiles and the Jews, together with their leaders, to mistreat them, meaning Paul and Barnabas, and stone them. And stone them. It's like being here in Hastings. And we're, there's not many believers. Maybe me and Ron. We're, we're going to a, I don't know, a high religious church or something where we're trying to penetrate this legalism with the grace of God, and and we get mistreated, and they want to stone us, Ron. They chase us out of there, wanting to stone us. This is what they're facing. But again, the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who believe, being saved, it is the power of God. So even in the face of hostility, danger, and death, Death threats at least, they weren't stoned. Barnabas and Paul dug down deep. They got their strength in God. They maintained their joy in God and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. That's exactly, exactly what we need to do. So a few questions on this point. What hostility have you faced as a Christian? Big question. We all face different different, different levels of it. Here in the West, it's nothing compared to other places in the world. Okay, that's a whole new topic, isn't it? But what hostility have you faced? Are you in a full non-Christian household, or have you been brought up and you're the only Christian in your family? What hostility do you face? Okay, what happens in you when the going gets tough? I know what happens in me, and it's not always pretty. What happens in you when the going gets tough? How easy do you find it to maintain your joy in Jesus? And how often are you filled with the Holy Spirit? That's what I want to ask. That's, that's the big question. How often, believer, are you filled with the Holy Spirit? Last point. Moving in gospel power. Acts 14.3. Th- uh, so Paul and Barnabas, this is what they did at the beginning of this hostile environment. They spent a considerable time there before they get to, uh, sorry, as they're in Iconium, speaking boldly for the Lord, who confirmed the message of his grace by enabling them to do miraculous signs and wonders. So towards the end stay in Iconium, just before they're threatened, they spend a long time there teaching, training, getting the grace in there, getting grace, grace, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus in there. And what did God do on the back? He confirmed their message by signs and wonders. Earlier on in Acts, it says, Now, Lord, consider their threats. These are the apostles just before we see Barnabas on the scene. Consider their threats. They've just faced persecution themselves. Enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. So, Ron, we're about to get stoned, brother. Enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand and heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders. This is the the key, through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. There's great power in the name of Jesus. When he is preached, not only do people get saved, as if that's not good enough. Hey, that's good enough. But people also get healed. Miracles happen. God moves in amazing power as Barnabas preaches Jesus. And signs and wonders that are done really validate the gospel in my opinion, and the Bible seems to say, that actually there's a miracle that validates the gospel. If Jesus hasn't risen, how can there be a miracle? Okay? So signs and wonders actually confirm the message. It's amazing to think God uses ordinary people like me and you as well to do that. And scripture does show us that God gives gifts to us so we can heal people. Okay? 1 Corinthians... It gives a list of all kinds of gifts. Same spirit, different services, same Lord, different kinds of working, but the same God. And it goes on. Now to one, the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good. So we've been given gifts for the common good, for the church. All right? To one, the spirit of wisdom. To another, knowledge. To another, faith. To another, healing. There's this list. So some here, some in this room, I'm sure we'll have gifts of healing given by God. Maybe that's you. Maybe you feel God was going to use me in that area. I'll ask you now in your heart, ask God again. Gifts of healing, Lord. We want more of it, don't we? We want to see more people just in the name of Jesus. Gold and silver I don't have. McDonald's vouchers and pound coins I don't have. Shows where I'm mixed, doesn't it? But in the name of Jesus, get up. We want to pull people up from their crippled beds, don't we? See them healed. Barnabas is well aware of the awesome power of God. The question is, are we? I don't think we are. We tend to read about it, nod our head to it, but actually, do we believe it? Same power that was at work in Barnabas, the same power that created the world at the beginning, the same power that rose Jesus, rose, Jesus brought Jesus back from the dead, the same power that saved me, the same power that saved you, is available for us right now. Right here, right now. Today. Today. Examples. I just want to ask you something, okay? How many people have been prayed for? Is that how I put it? How many people have been healed following someone praying for them? Just have a look around. Having someone prayed for you, yeah? Sorry. Great. Great. How many people here have prayed for someone and seen them healed? Is that all the same people? Big number, isn't it? Big number. Big number. So, when is the last time you've prayed for someone and expected God to heal? Sometimes we do it as a token gesture. Do you keep your spiritual eyes open for moves of God, such as healing, salvation, revival? No, it's a big one. Difficult situations, turning. If you're in a difficult, if you're in a pickle, do you believe God can turn it? My story, I was saved, addicted to drugs. Many of you know, didn't think I was. I thought I was just a party animal. But I was. Addicted to all sorts of things. The moment I gave my life to Jesus on that cold Wednesday evening, God healed me. Not only saved my soul, but he healed my soul. He healed me. The Old Testament knew of God as the God who heals. I know God as the one who healed me. He took away those drugs. I tried for many, many weeks, months, years. It ended me up in hospital. But the moment I said, Jesus, hands up, I confess. I can't do it without you. I felt him say, I'm going to take them bags. And I... Never touched another drug since. Healed. Totally healed. Where was I going with that? Right. In summary, just to finish, what do we take away from these three points? This is what I want to just remind you of. uh, Barnabas was rooted in the gospel and he is confident with the gospel. So are we. Think about that. He was bold even when times were tough. He was a man full of the Spirit and bold in understanding the power of God. I didn't quite know how to word that, but basically he understood the power of God, and he moved in the power of God. Okay? If God had asked him to do signs and wonders, wa- it's not like God uses us as robots, and I don't think he did then. None of this was dependent on how Barnabas was feeling, or what he was going through at the time. And may I say, he probably faced a lot more challenging times than many of us will face. I say that respectfully because many of us, many of you might have faced much more challenging times. But for the majority, he faced tough times. So it wasn't dependent on that. Barnabas ultimately found his strength, his joy, his freedom, his acceptance, his power, rooted in the gospel. Rooted in the gospel, he understood the power of God and was filled with the Spirit to finish. Okay, just for one minute, I want to address Christians first. This is what I'd love you to take away. This is my my prayer for you and for me. Look at the questions that you've got in your update over the coming week. And I'd like to just add something. It might say this in there as well. Practice the gospel with someone that you know and trust. That's a weird request, but I think we need to get familiar with it. Practice it practice it feedback to one another ask each other what you think needs to be in there practice your story share your story let it refresh you hey every time I think of my personal testimony something comes alive in me again yeah get familiar with your own story another one over the next week look for opportunities to then share the gospel look for opportunities to share the gospel I really pray this is penetrating, please. Look for opportunities, whatever setting you're in. You don't have to take them through the whole history of salvation. Just look for ways to just get Jesus Season with salt. Always be ready to give a, an account for the hope that's within you. Ask God to bring people across your path. I often do that. I'll be thinking of someone praying for them and then I'll just bump into them. Hey, fancy seeing you here. Tell you about Jesus. No. Sorry, I'm being flippant, but ask God to put people across your path. Offer to pray for someone that's sick. This challenges me because whenever I get a text message, my friend Alid is poorly at the moment, sick as a dog, I understand. He texted me yesterday, man, I am feeling awful. My instant response is, oh, that's a shame. Hope you feel better soon. Send. When's the last time you just say no, so I sent him back, in the name of Jesus, be well. Just to see, because I've heard people get healed on the back of text messages. When's the last time you prayed for a sick person and expected God to move, okay? Mental torment, physical torment. Pray, 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 pray. Lay your hands on each other. Appropriately. Each morning for the next week, ask God to fill you with the Holy Spirit. Ask God to fill you, empower you, indwell you, baptise you again in the Holy Spirit. Because without the Spirit, all this is just, like Don says, eating muesli without milk. It doesn't doesn't do anything. Ask him to come and zap you, refresh you, fill you, give you boldness. Book of Acts says you will receive power when the Spirit comes on you. That's what we're looking at. Power to be my bold witnesses to Hastings, Sussex, the nation and to the ends of the world. Be my witnesses. Ask him to fill you with the Holy Spirit and look over the week, see what the results are in your life. You'll be staggered. And the next one, if opposition and discouragement has hurt you, then ask God to heal you. We're going to pray. Ask God to heal you. So my prayer, as we finish, is this. Lord, I pray for a fresh boldness, For my life and the life of my brothers and sisters here in Jesus' name. I pray would you come and fill me with your spirit. I pray would you come and fill us with your spirit. Come and shake us, Lord. Come and dwell within us. Come and give me boldness. Come and give us fresh boldness for the gospel. Lord, I pray for a greater sense and understanding of your power says in your word that you spoke a word and something was created. David said, come and look at the power of my God. Lord, I, I pray for a greater sense for the church of your power. And I pray for a greater desire and thirst to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, this is for everyone. If you'd like to give your life to Jesus this morning, then I'm going to invite you to do that at the end. We're going to finish, but I'm going to invite you to come and find me. I'm going to be standing right here by this microphone. If what you've heard this morning about this Jesus, just if it's just a little bit, come and talk to me more. I'd like to discuss with you. Come and ask me any question you might have. There'll be others that would like to pray for you. But if you'd like to make that bold step to say, yes, I'm a sinner, like Dave's prayer actually this morning. What love that you died for me that way and that now if I put my faith and trust in you I can be with you forever. Yeah, yeah. If you don't know Jesus here this morning I want to give you the opportunity to know him. I want to pray with you and you can leave here totally changed. If you're sick, I want to pray with you as well. And if you feel you want to pray for those that are sick come and come, and come down the front as we end. Because there will be sick people amongst us. Let's pray for you if you're sick and if you want to be filled with the Spirit for boldness. If you feel you're just tired and weary and you want some of what you've heard this morning, come down and we're going to pray for be filled with the Holy Spirit. After they prayed, this is what Acts says, the place where they were meeting was shaken. Shake this Hastings Centre. And they were filled they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of the Lord boldly. Lord Jesus, I pray you take these words and just change us. Lord, stir faith in our hearts. Everything I've shared today, would you would you turn it into good food for people? Please, Lord, we want transformed lives. We just don't want head knowledge. We want changed hearts and lives and minds to the glory of your name, Jesus. Amen. 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 Great to see you. Paul, I think, do you want to say anything else?
1: Let's stand on our feet. I think Sand's a provocation about we need to be a people filled with the Holy Spirit and uh, with boldness. And so, why don't we just, as we close, why don't we just raise our hands? I know Sand's prayed it already, but. We're closing a couple of minutes. Let's just pray and, in, and invite the Holy Spirit to come and fill us afresh. I know I need God's power to witness effectively. And I'm sure many of you would agree. And so I say, Holy Spirit, would you please come and fill us afresh with your power? Lord, I pray, would you give us fresh boldness with those that we meet? Lord, in all the different situations we find ourselves in, oh, Lord God, would you give us great boldness? Lord, we don't often face outright persecution, but we do often face jibes and jokes. I pray for your grace and your power just to share kindly your great love, what you've done for us, what you're doing in other people's lives. I I pray, Holy Spirit, give us boldness. This week, I pray, give us opportunities. Lord, give us a bit of that Barnabas boldness, I pray. Holy Spirit, we know that one of the first first reasons you came, beginning of Acts, was that that the early believers would receive power to witness. And I pray for power on our lives right now. Lord, we look to you, a big God. We look to you who encamps around those that love you. And Lord, we pray for great boldness in our everyday lives. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Excellent. On the back of that word, we can't finish without praying for people who are sick. So if you are real and you would like us to pray for you, please come to the front and we'd be very happy to uh, pray for you. Just got a quick word of knowledge, I think
2: just uh, just sense God's uh, saying that he, uh, he wants to heal some people particularly this morning um, and uh, it, it, it's someone or, or a couple of people who have got a real problem with your neck. and um, I just keep I've just got the, the number 63 in my mind. And I don't know if that's perhaps your age or possibly the year you were born or possibly your house number. But I really believe that there's a connection between that number and you having a bad neck. And I think that that's God saying he wants to heal you. And I'm in faith as I pray with you and we get others praying for you that you will be healed this morning. So if you'd like to come to the front, particularly if that 63, that number has got some connection with you and your
1: bad neck, then come to the front. Excellent. Have a great afternoon. And uh, we'll see you in the week. Thank you.